It's Thursday, March 8th, 2018, and you're listening to episode 477 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 11 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan, and you are going to get just me this week, solo episode, because we had to flip our usual nights. We normally record the podcast on Tuesday nights and then do the actual play every other Thursday night. But in order to make sure we got one more game in before Brodor becomes unavailable that was able to include all of the players, we needed to flip nights and get everyone here for that on Tuesday night, which meant we were going to record Thursday night. And then a whole bunch of work conflicts and miscommunications and whatever ended up knocking out the other hosts one by one until it was down to just me. So they will be back next time. But for this outing, you just have me. What I want to talk about is something that I'm calling player-centered design. And the story that I'm going to tell here, if you're listening to the AP, this won't spoil anything. So don't worry about that. But it is going to deal with how I designed the chapter finale for this last game that we had with Brodor. Because I knew that I wanted to end things on a pretty big note. I wanted things to go out with a bang. Then on a cliffhanger where some things are resolved, but there's still a lot hanging in the air. And I wanted to leave that on a big impression so the players in particular would be hungry for more and wanting to come back to that campaign in one form or another once we get Brodor back. And I was trying to figure out exactly how am I going to do that. And I started thinking about this plot that I've got out there and that plot I've got out there and these different things I could introduce or new concepts I could bring in. And none of them were really feeling right. And then all of a sudden the obvious hits me. Why am I trying to design a plot or a new arc or a new thread for the end of a chapter when, first of all, generally speaking, a lot of things should be closing down. Not everything. We need to leave some things open. But we should certainly not be adding new major factors at this point in the story. But also, I was looking at this from the wrong angle, because as we often say, the role-playing experience is a collaborative storytelling experience with the game master and the players, and this is really a story that needs to be about the game master's ideas to some extent, but predominantly it has to focus on the player characters. So I stopped and I looked at, well, what do the player characters have going on? And as I rolled this around in my head, you know, I started thinking through the obvious things. Well, they represent very different factions. When they set out, the one thing that bonded them all together was they were all loyal to one particular boat and each other as crew members and friends and whatnot. But over time, their choices within the game has led their characters develop in such a way that other loyalties are starting to show through. You know, Chad is showing greater loyalty to what's going on in St. Louis. Wayne's character is probably the closest to remaining the same, which means remaining true to the common man. Eric's character is becoming more and more loyal or involved with the bandit group that he's from and so on and so forth. And I realized that, you know, the story that I need to tell is right there, that here's a group of people where something needs to happen that's going to test those bonds. It's going to make them decide what is it they really believe in most? Is it their individual loyalties to these other groups or is it their friendships to each other? Because that's the story of the player characters. 
And if I was to tell any other story, I think I would be risking at least telling my story with them simply as passengers, particularly once again, when we're coming to the pause in the game, I don't want to say an end of a game is certainly not that it is the end of an arc of a game, but I didn't want this to focus on just the story that I had to tell. And so I began thinking, well, how can I leverage that? You know, how can I really make that occur? And I came up with some ideas and one of them, and this is perhaps the first bit of concrete advice. I mean, the general theme here is to design your games around the player characters. And I'm going to talk about that a little more specifically here in a moment. But the first bit of concrete advice I'm going to give here is sometimes all it takes is a reminder. So let's say you're playing a D&D game and your player characters have come to a bit of an impasse or you're hitting some big point in the story where you want to emphasize some things, remind them of who they are, kind of stir the pot up a little bit. And you have a cleric that is supposed to be serving a particular deity, but it's been kind of wandering away from that. Well, it's not terribly hard to bring up some conundrum that cuts to the core of that person's theology. For example, let's say they serve a god of compassion or something like that. Well, you can easily bring in elements of compassion into the game. Here's an orphanage that needs help. That's kind of cliche, so maybe that's not the best way to go. But you have someone that is struggling and requires an act of selfless compassion that may put them a little bit at odds with the rest of the party because it might mean sacrificing some of what the party's after, making a devil's bargain, you know, giving away a magic gem that you've worked so hard to get because in doing so, one of the bad guys will cut a deal with you where he'll heal someone who's dying of a disease or something. And so this issue becomes front and center. Or you can look at the organizations they're attached to. So let's keep using a cleric as an example. Maybe someone pops up from the church to take them back to basics, to remind them of who they're supposed to be, or assigns them an acolyte to train, or you know something that's in their past that can re-anchor them to who they are. And in the process of this, this may force them to ask some questions about how they fit into the plot and how they fit into the world. And this is not content that you have to create whole cloth the way you do many elements of the plot. Because you can look at who these characters were to begin with and where they're at now, and this is something you can immediately take advantage of. For example, in the Skies of Glass game, when I looked at Eric's character, we've already established that he is from the Carver clan, which is this group of bandits that are out there. We've already established this. We've already established that he is an heir to authority or an heir to power within that group. We've already established that they are significant military power within the region that is now being destabilized. So all these things have already been built. So what happens if I bring somebody along that looks to him and says, hey, you're supposed to be our leader, our being the bandits, you know, you're supposed to be leading us. Come and take charge. Tell us what to do. And now I've caught him between those two worlds. And he has this choice of what does he do with them? Does he just send them all into their death? Does he use them to destabilize a region for his own gains? Or does he decide he's going to step up and be their leader, whether in the process he becomes corrupt or he tries to reform them and how that goes? Who knows? But those things were already in place. We've already established in prior games that Chad has a background working on the inside 
of the organizations of St. Louis and recent plot things have brought that back into focus and put him back in that chair again. And so all I had to do was to give him decisions that defer to that part of his character. And one of the things I wanted to do, though unfortunately didn't come up in the game, I just wasn't able to get to it because of the way the players worked through what I had set up for them, was I wanted Wayne to really get a hard speech from one of the other NPCs about, hey, you're supposed to be the everyman. We're all supposed to be the everyman. We are not the people trying to play the situation. We're the people trying to survive while these giants fight over our heads. And he was going to appeal to the very core of who Wayne's character is and what Wayne's character stands for. And once again, this is not just a starting point for a game, because it is. And I want to stress this is a little bit different than the group template, because the group template might tell you who they are as a party. But what this is, is I'm telling you to look at who they are as individuals. And sometimes looking at who they are as individuals does not necessarily mean turning a spotlight completely on one person particularly once you set things up in such a way where the choices or the attributes of one character is going to create a situation for the party as a whole. Because let's go back to our priest of compassion. Well, even if he is tempted to say, okay, I'm going to pass off this gem of power and hope we get it back eventually because it means saving this town from a plague, I would hope that the other characters in the party, assuming they're not all bastards, would struggle with this a little bit as well. And if they wouldn't, well, then maybe it's not a good move for the plot. Or maybe it is. Maybe this party enjoys a little bit of conflict or tension, so you can work with that. But if you ever find yourself stuck in a game where you don't know where to go, you don't always have to look forward in the plot. Sometimes just taking a simple inventory of where each of the player characters are at, what they're struggling with, what they're trying to achieve. This right here can create the story for you and can also help you as the game master bring things back internally. And so you don't feel compelled to constantly either keep stoking one singular plot over and over or doing what I think would be a bigger risk or danger within my GMing style, which would be to keep throwing plot threads at them until they're confused and I can't even remember what's going on myself. So there's something to think about. And if you wait just a little bit after this show drops, you'll be able to pick up the end of this arc of the actual play and hear what I'm talking about yourself and how it all played out. And beyond that, have a great week and great games, and we will catch you with a full staff around the mics next time. This has been a production of Fear the Boot, copyright 2018. Listeners are free to use this episode in any non-commercial endeavor so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. Fear the Boot is also a member of the RPG Academy network of shows. You can find other great shows in this network at therpgacademy.com slash network.